Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch, this is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every week. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Assistant Features Editor at the Dispatch, and today I'm joined in studio by my colleagues, Features Writer Julia Aller and Business Reporter J.D. Malone. For many of us, this can be a difficult time of year, the time when you finally agree to toss out that Christmas tree. They mean that literally at the tree toss competition taking place Saturday at the Everill Barn and homestead in Westerville. Proceeds benefit the Westerville Special Olympics. Once you've tossed that tree and realize you actually like being outside, even if it's a little chilly, head over to an area metro park. There's a series of winter hikes running from Saturday through February 23rd at 13 regional parks. The hikes allow residents, and in some cases their dogs, to explore trails of varying distances for people of all fitness levels. And you can warm up afterwards with a bowl of soup and some camaraderie by a fire. So hungry that a bowl of soup won't do it? You might just want to head over to the new Swenson's Drive-In that recently opened in Dublin on Sawmill Road. For the cult burger chain from Akron, this is its first restaurant in central Ohio. And more are on the way. To figure out what all the hubbub is about, and to learn how not to embarrass yourself when ordering at a drive-in, we asked Swenson's Director of Marketing, Crystal Griffith, to join us by phone. So thanks for joining us today, Crystal. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. This is really great. Now, by coming to Central Ohio, Swenson's is entering a really burger-friendly city. I mean, we're home to White Castle and Wendy's. So my big question is, what took so long? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a really good question. So, you know, I think it's interesting because we've been like this kind of really great Akron, Canton, you know, kind of brand thing going on for quite a long time. It's where our roots were. This is where we were born in 1934, so 80, now 85 years ago. So, uh, you know, I, I think it was, you know, 2013 when, you know, we had already established seven solid, you know, places here around um, the Akron, Canton area. Uh, one kind of up near Cleveland, but in you know, 2013, we took on a food truck, you know, which is when the food truck thing was kind of happening and started, you know, taking the brand more up into like the Cleveland area and then on the outskirts of Cleveland and then even beyond there. And we heard this amazing outcry from, you know, other people that, you know, hey, where's your brand? Why isn't it up here? How come you're not in my hometown? How come I have to make the truck to Akron X? number of times a year when, you know, it feels like you guys could be super successful if you just came to my town. And I think it was at that point that the owners and the central management at that time kind of said, huh, we didn't really think that there was much for us, you know, outside the Akron boundaries. So, you know, I think what took so long was just the confidence, you know, and, and having that food truck really gave us the confidence, hearing from all the people, you know, to say, huh, all right, maybe it's time for us to think about a bigger plan here. Now, I think think, you know, there's a lot for us to talk about Swenson's today, but why don't you take us back to the 
very beginning. Can you just describe a little bit of the history and the origins of Swenson's? Yeah, sure, no problem. So Pop T. Swenson, you know, is the, is the guy who, who started the whole thing. It was actually in 1933 that he decided he really wanted to make a great burger because there just wasn't a good enough burger in town at the time and started selling them at, like, the local high school out of the back of his, like, car, you know, like the trunk of his car at the time. And it got really popular really fast because people really loved his burgers. So, you know, he opened up the first location right in downtown Akron. People kind of think the one over here in East Cuyahoga Falls is the most popular one, but it's the one over in our kind of Wall Haven, South Hawkins district over there called West Akron. And, you know, kind of just built things from there. And, and it did kind of go through, you know, some different stages of growth and maturity, you know, but I believe, you know, the, the way that it happened was, you know, obviously growing it first in, in the Akron area and then, you know, kind of moving down to Canton and then finally up to Seven Hills. And like I said, you know, those seven, you know, original seven, I guess is what we call them around here, were the ones that kind of were, were established, you know, throughout that 85 years of lifetime of, you know, stands, as we call them. So I'm originally from North Canton, and so I'm very <laughs> close to the Swensons that you created out there. So I understand a bit of the, the cult-likeness that surrounds Swensons. Um, and I know, you know, LeBron James, has he'll go on and on about how much he loves Swensons. But for some of the people out here who don't understand or who haven't heard about Swensons, can you explain what the deal is, what the buzz is all about? Yeah, just so you know, too. So I'm from, like, the way far, like, west side of Cleveland. Like, so far west side that I didn't even know that they called it the west side of Cleveland. And when I told my friends that I was getting a job at Swenson's, you know, when I first started here, like here in Akron, they were, like everybody was super excited about it. But of course, you know, when I told my family and friends over from where I originated, which was like the Lorraine Amherst area, they were kind of like, what's Swenson's? And I had to tell them. So it was, it's, I've had some practice at like kind of like getting people to understand what it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, a drive-in restaurant is first and foremost like what you need to understand about Swenson's. You know, we don't have a dining room. The parking lot is the dining room. So you pull in and it's just like the old car hops of the 30s and 40s where they would come out to your car and take your order, run the order back in, tell the kitchen what you need and then run your order back out to you on a tray that would sit on your window. Now we have trays that sit inside your car because we are open all year round. We're not just open in the summer like some drive-in restaurants are. So basically, you know, that in and of itself is the unique experience that you get. But beyond on that, you know, what we pride ourselves on is the quality of food and the quality of service. And, you know, so first of all, if you, if you think about the service aspect, the guys and gals that we have hired as our curb servers, like, literally sprint to your car. Like, they are trying to move as fast as they possibly can to deliver you the best possible service ever. And they're super fun about it. And this is what I love about the culture is that we end up hiring these people that end up being, like, these just amazingly witty fun people and you know they come out to your car they're super happy and you know the beauty of it is that it's not a drive through like you're not talking to a box it's not an electronic transaction it's nothing like that it's like we're getting you know we like to be the, the root of that face-to-face -face customer interaction and that's like one of the biggest aspects 
that I think people love. But on the flip side of that, you know, it's the quality. It comes out of the quality of food. I mean, if we couldn't back it up with our food, I don't think that, you know, people would always, you know, be coming as constantly as they possibly do. You know, we actually still grind. We still use the signature grinding methods that Pop Swenson developed back in 1934. So that's the first thing. We haven't changed that. We use the best cuts of beef, and we do it right here in Akron. We have a commissary right here in Akron that does all of that stuff. So we are like high quality control when it comes to, you know, all of the meat grinding and the patty making here. The patties and the meat get delivered to the stands every day of the week. So they're fresh. So, you know, keep that in mind when you're thinking about, you know, the other burger joints that potentially are freezing their burgers. We're not freezing our burgers. We're even delivering, by the way, from Akron down to Columbus every day. So, um, so it's a pretty amazing feat. You know, we bake the buns every day, or they're, they're freshly baked buns every day, you know, and we put that high quality standard on all of the rest of our food as well. So you're getting the freshest meal, and that kind of goes all the way through to the service aspect of it as well. It's like when the curb server comes to your car to take your order and runs that order back into the kitchen that order doesn't start getting made until he calls it off in the kitchen so when the servers are in there that's actually like your freshly made food just getting made right there as well so all that stuff combined is like that's the full of experience right there so let's talk about the menu then. You talked about backing it up with your food. You've had your burger named Best Burger by a number of media outlets. So let's start with the Galley Boy, which is kind of your signature burger. First of all, what's up with the olive on it? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We were just talking about like trying to really track down the history of the olive because, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure. I know that we've always done that, and that's something that, like, for whatever reason, became the signature on the signature item, you know, the galley boy, like you said, which, you know, your audience doesn't know. It's a double cheeseburger, which we call them double cheeseburger. A cheeseburger, not a burger. Yeah. <laughs> Again, because that's just how what we've always done. So, double cheeseburger with two special sauces garnished with an olive pick, and let me tell you, a lot of people are just kind of crazy addicted to it. You know, because it has, like, the secret sauces, basically, are, like, like it's our own signature barbecue sauce or their signature tartar sauce, basically. But it does, like, make the burger a bit sweet. So I always tell people, like, if you don't like that kind of, like, a saucy burger, then you definitely have to try the regular cheeseburg, which, if you order it with everything, it's a double cheeseburg with pickles, onions, and mustard, which, in and of itself, and, and I don't know that I would have ever ordered a burger like that, but of course, because I work here, I have to try out yeah. all of the different things and figure out if these like things are the way I like them. It's and a rough job, right? Minute, yeah, right. Yeah, well, <laughs> it can be on the waistline, but thankfully, I I'm everything in moderation, right? But no, like at the end of the day, like I had that like just that simple combination, and it was phenomenal, and I love it. So you know, I always say that you know, if you love the Galley Boy, there's nothing else that you're ever going to get. But if you don't love the Galley Boy, then get the cheese the double cheeseburg with everything and you will pretty much just figure out exactly what Clemson's is all about right there. I'd be interested for JD and Julia's viewpoint on this and, and yours as well. What do you think makes a great burger? I mean, is it the construction as far as the toppings? Is it the juiciness? I mean, there's a million different things that you could consider. I'm curious, why don't we start with you, Crystal, as far as what you think? But there's so many different types of burgers and, and trends that are out there from the gourmet to, you know, the sort of global flavor I don't know. What are your thoughts? 
for me, like, you know, going back to, you know, what I was talking about with the, the double cheeseburger and, and the, the freshness of the meat, like, I really think that all the things combined make the best burger. You know, it's like, not only is it the wonderful, like, fresh quality patties, but it's also, I think, the type of cheese that you have, getting it melted right, the bun, and all of those flavors mixing together to become, like, to culminate as, like, the best tasting burger. Julia, I know you go far and wide looking for for a great <laughs> burger around here in Columbus. What strikes you, you know, when you have a good burger, how do you know it? Mm, well, I think one of the most underrated things you can do to get a good burger is to have a high quality bun because some buns are just like just on this side of stale. Not underrated at all. <laughs> <laughs> JD agrees with me. If you pay attention to the bun, then the rest of the burger is probably also going to be great because you can really skimp out on the bread there. But the bread, you got to soak up all those those juices absolutely and wendy's is one of the places that's figured that out they offer a lot of premium buns and one of the reasons is because people really have that kind of bun sensation like they do that brioche and that's it like makes the burger and i will say the galley boy is darn good (laughs) and i'm not just saying that because swenson's is on the line you heard it here first everyone Thank you. Thank you. I agree with you, though, on the, on the whole bun thing, too, and, like, how you treat the bun, right? Like, is it toasted? Is it not toasted? Yeah. And, like, making sure that you're getting the right texture along with, like, what the rest of the burger is, like, all, like, going to be formed, how it's going to be formulated together. And to me, I mean, it has a lot to do with how everything sort of comes together texturally, mm-hmm. you know, sort of this nice, juicy bite that you can get where it all sort of, yeah. you know, blends nicely. I've always been a big fan of that. And, and having a little bit, maybe, unique flavor to it. You know, I've spent a number of years out on the West Coast with In-N-Out Burgers, and if you get something animal style, it's nice to have that little bit of like mustard sort of mixed in with the meat when they do it, which is really nice. And the same way with the Galley Boy, where you get those flavors from the tartar sauce and from the barbecue that sort of add that nice sweetness to everything that's going on there. Yeah, I'd never had one before, and then the first time I had one, it was such an interesting kind of sensation with the two different sauces. It was good. Any idea where that came from? Is there a history to that? To the two sauces? And are they secret? I mean, they're secret in that they're our own recipe. Okay. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, people have kind of are, already figured out that it's kind of like a, a barbecue sauce. It's kind of like a tartar sauce, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, to your point, like what you were saying before, like separately, all of those items, you know, as the separate entities, you know, are not going to be as good. But once you put them all together, they end up being this like amazing melding of like wonderful flavors. And not to take this in a weird place, but to be honest with you, we have something called the salad which is our vegetarian option. And, like, the only reason I bring this up is because it's probably the best veggie burger I have ever tasted in my whole life. And, again, this is, like, one of those weird times when, you know, you take a look at the whole thing and you're like, separately, I don't know that I would, like, have eaten that veggie patty. You know, obviously not, because I'm a burger person all the way, a meat lover all the way. But when you bite into the salad boy, it is, like, this mixture of all these amazing flavors. So, basically, the salad boy is, like, the equivalent of a galley boy but in a veggie patty so it has the cheese it has the barbecue it has the tartar it has the, the garnished olive even you know to that extreme but like once you bite into it it's like this amazing like just mixture of wonderful things that are going on together and it's like separately they would be you know not as good but all together they're just so good i'm glad that you brought up the veggie burger or the, the salad boy sorry because i'm interested in how such a retro restaurant reacts to changing trends i mean it's so many 
many burger places have added veggie options to their menus. Yours is really, you know, a mainstay with like sloppy joes and stuff that you don't see at a lot of restaurants, but which is very retro, very old school, very Midwest. How do you decide when to keep up with certain trends and when not to, when to stay with your roots? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I think, you know, in the past, there was definitely a lot of experimentation with things as trends kind of came and went. Like, I think at one point we had a low-carb burger, you know, and, it, you know, we've had, like, a various um, mix of different things that we've tried. But, you know, to be honest, like, working here, you know, over the last... I've been here for about a year now, like, working here for the last year, learning what the culture's like. I would say, you know, for the last... Oh, if I were to say maybe, yeah, probably like eight years or so, I would say this is a culture that doesn't like to change a whole lot and doesn't like to chase the trends because, you know, we're pretty secure in who we are at this point in time. We know we've got a really solid mix of great food. I think the only time when we decide to change something is when we're convinced that something just really isn't working. Like, I think at one point, not too long ago, we decided, you know, our shrimp, we did the typical like popcorn shrimp kind of deal and put that on the menu and it was just okay but what was nice was when we had I think we had a, a, a new person kind of give us a new perspective on like hey you could spend the same amount of money and get these great delicious bigger tail on shrimp and you're going to be satisfying like so many more customers and we tried it and it ended up being one of the most phenomenal changes that we've ever made so you know it's really difficult like I think when it comes to trends we're definitely not trend chasers but when it comes to like making sure that we're presenting the best quality product on our menu that's where we really like to make sure that we're doing the right thing for the customer now I know your shakes are also popular and you've got a bunch of different flavors one flavor that I have to admit I was pretty surprised to see there was grape. I can't say I've ever seen a grape shake on a menu before. Uh, tell me about that. I, I have to admit I haven't tried it. Should I? Yeah. I think you should. I mean, you should probably try all the shake flavors and then find your favorite because I will tell you, I never thought that I would like a lemon shake and I love the lemon shake. So there's definitely something to be said for trying out all the different shake flavors. And then once you've done that and you've figured out your favorite, go beyond that and ask your server what they think their best combination is. And you'll get answers like root beer and grape, for example. Wow. And you'll be what? like, no possible way <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Or they might even tell you like I forget what it was like to put a little like seven up in the bottom of the shake and then like mix it in with like some sort of like flavoring and I've heard some crazy crazy things come out of that kitchen I tell you what ask them what their favorites are and not just not just shakes what's great about our servers is they will tell you like really fun combinations for like burgers sloppy joes for grilled cheese all that kind of stuff so they'll give you some good tips and you guys can do a ton of customization I mean you can like get pretty much anything you want, right? As long as you have it back in the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what's funny. Like, if some people say, like, you have a secret menu. Well, we don't really have a secret menu because it's all on the menu. Anything's available for anybody to do. So, you know, it, even if you wanted to put onion rings on your burger, like, we're, we're totally down with you and whatever it is that the customer needs to, to make sure that they get the best meal possible. As a public service, maybe let's talk about some of the quirks of going to a Swenson's. First of all, yes. people should not get out of their cars. People should flash their lights when they're ready to order. Anything else that you can advise first-timers so they don't embarrass themselves? Yes, I love that you call it a public service because it's so true, you know, <laughs> because as this public service announcement, please 
pull your car car forward and always have it facing the building. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was like, yeah, if you're if you're in the parking spots like that are closest to the building, you want to be pulling in towards the building. But if you're in the, uh, what we call the outfield, which are the spots you know that kind of uh, outline the outside of the the, the parking lot, you want to back your car in. Basically, you know, your light, your headlights become the way you communicate to your servers. So, I mean, otherwise, you know, you can't wave your arm out the window or whatever because they're jogging around so fast, you know, there's, at half the time they're not going to see you. But if you turn your lights on, that means you need service. So basically, turning your lights on for service, turning them off when you don't need them. So, and because your headlights are the things that are communicating to the servers, you want those facing the building at all times so that you can get the things that you need from, you know, at an immediate pace, you know, the way that they want to do. How has that kind of learning curve gone so far here in Columbus, given that a lot of people here have not experienced this type of restaurant or service? Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, I mean, it's definitely a learning curve. I mean, one, what's nice about the, the whole, you know, the whole experience of being in Columbus is that we have a lot of Akron transplants that are now in Columbus. So a lot of people already knew about us and were able to kind of warn people about it. But, you know, if you didn't know, we'd actually did change, or not change, but we, we updated our menus. The front of the menu kind of tells you what you kind of need to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, our curb servers are, like, the best ones to, you know, kind of intercept anybody who's trying to get out of their car and come in. You know, and that's why they try to get to the cars immediately when they pull into the parking lot. I mean, they're trying to get to your car within the first probably 20 to 30 seconds that you're there. So, you know, them just being the first point of contact and making that, you know, first, like, hey, you know, here I am to help you. What can I get you? you know, kind of thing and answer any questions is obviously our first line of defense. But the learning curve has been fun. I think it, don't be embarrassed if you, you end up getting out of your car and, come, and trying to come in. You know, somebody will stop you and say, hey, what can I do for you? You know, kind of explain the whole thing. You know, I think there are some people out there that do, like, kind of, they're kind of afraid. They're not really sure what to do. But, hey, I think that's part of, you know, learning how to swim swims. And, and once you get it, it's wonderful that you know, and then you can bring other people with you to show off, you know, what you know. And do you have any idea what the response has been at the local Swenson's? Like, if I went up there today, should I expect to be sitting in my car forever waiting to for one of these people to sprint out and help me because it's been so overwhelmingly popular? Or have you guys been able to sort of deal with the interest? No, I think we, we've, we did a good job dealing with it. You know, I, I will say the first couple of weeks were a bit tough because we did have that long line for a long time. And, and I know that people were frustrated because it was difficult to, like, you know, get yourself into a spot. And it, and it didn't always feel like it was fair sometimes, you know, Know, trying to, to vie for a position in getting a spot. But no, it has actually died down to like a more normal pace at this point, you know, as restaurants do. So I would say, you know, if, if you're coming and you, you're going to get the same service that you would get anywhere else, you know, that's maybe a little slower. So I, I really think that, you know, at the end of the day, we're keeping up with the pace at this point and can definitely get to everyone quickly. And you'll be probably, I would say the experience doesn't take longer than depending on what you do. So if you're there to eat on the line, Typically, the whole experience would take, I would say, anywhere between 15 to 20 minutes, depending on how fast you eat or how long you want to be there or That's whatever. That's to order but, and get your food and eat your food? I would say so because, you know, typically we like to keep our tickets under 10 minutes. Like, usually we try to keep them to the 8 to 10 minute time frame. Um, so, even though it's all being freshly made, it's all being quickly made in the kitchen. So, you know, from the time that you order to the time that you get your food is probably about 15 minutes. And then, so I would say 25 minutes for the entire experience. Again, depending on how fast you eat your food and how long you want to stay and kind of watch the show.
show, which is what I like to do. I love to watch, you know, the curb servers running from, from place to place. But the beauty of it is, too, is if you don't want to spend that time, you can always call ahead. You know, we will definitely take call ahead orders and have the food ready for you when you get there. You just have to tell your server your name, pay the server, and he'll bring out your food for you. Or, you know, you can certainly drive on the lot and then get it to go. So, you know, same process, basically. You just tell your server that it's ready to go, like you want to get it to go. And what's next for Columbus? I've read from some of my colleagues' work about some other possible upcoming locations in places like Hilliard and Polaris. Yeah, so Polaris is definite, and gosh, we don't quite have a solid date yet, but it's looking like the end of this month, probably for Polaris. So we're hoping that that's going to be like the, that we're going to be able to announce a grand opening time frame around then. And as far as the other places are concerned, though, nothing definite. You know, I know this, and it's funny because I, you know, being in the marketing department, I don't really get involved until they tell me it's like time to like do stuff. So it's kind of like everything is rumors to me until I actually, until somebody actually says, hey, we have a schedule. You know, so, <laughs> so Hilliard has been kind of funky as far as like going in front of the city council and getting all the votes that's necessary. I think we're up for another one here pretty soon, so it's it's been a bit back and forth with them. And then, you know, obviously we're looking at other places, not only in the Columbus area, but in Cleveland area as well to expand again in 2019. But again, I can't really say anything definite for any of the the specific areas yet. And do you have a long-term plan for expansion? I mean, are you looking to go outside of Ohio anytime soon? I think we're going to try to keep it within the Ohio place for a while. I think there's been talk of maybe trying to go somewhere else outside of Ohio, but I, you know, again, like it's really hard to say anything definite just because we're really trying to nail down the brand and the brand awareness and I don't know what you want to call it, like the, you know, openings of new stands and things like that, like really nailing down like our process and really making sure that like we've got our quality just really nailed down as far as Ohio is concerned. So I couldn't say for sure. I think there's been discussions, but nothing completely on the plan yet. And I have two really important questions I wanted to ask before we wrap things up. The first one is how often you eat at Swenson's? <laughs> this is a question I get all the time. So this is, interestingly enough, we get free lunch on nice. a daily basis. Yeah. Right. So, wow. yeah. So, and then above and beyond that, because this company is so interested in keeping up with customer experience, our corporate office is actually tasked with going out and eating at a Swenson stand at least least once every few weeks. So they give us special, I don't know if you're familiar with our gold coins, which we, we just came out of our big gold coin season, you know, Christmas time is a time for gift cards and things like that, but our form of gift cards comes in $1 gold coins. Crystal, um, I have to admit, those were some items that were given out at my White Elephant Exchange for the holidays, and I forgot about the one opening up here in Columbus, so I didn't steal it, and I'm still regretting uh, that. <laughs> Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> How many white elephant steals do you guys wow in your white elephant exchange? You only get to steal once when it's your turn, okay. unless someone steals from you. And nobody wanted okay, my, my hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> my family does too. We do a white elephant every year Christmas Eve, and you can only imagine that gold coins were part of it. And <laughs> those got stolen so quickly after they were revealed. It wasn't even funny. They were out of play so quickly. But anyway, so we have the gold coins that we sell during... Oh, actually, we sell them all, all year round. So you can give them out for Father's Day, Easter, you know, any kind of holiday. But usually people love to use them for stocking stuffers, things like that. But we actually get, in the corporate office, we get red coins, which are very unique 
unique and only for corporate like office people to use. So it's fun to like take your red coins, you know, out to one of the stands and we have to like have the whole like customer experience. And then after we have the customer experience, we take a little survey, you know, we write down the things we thought were great, the things we thought maybe were not so great. And then, you know, this is just our way of kind of auditing and making sure that we're keeping up with the, the pace of, the, you know, the quality and the standards that we talk about on a daily basis, you know, from a core value perspective. Okay. And my final question for you is maybe yeah. the most difficult. If LeBron James would have agreed mm-hmm. to stay with the Cleveland Cavaliers, had you renamed the Galley Boy in his honor, would you have? <laughs> would we have? Yes. Oh, that is an interesting question. I think maybe we would have considered it for the banana shakes, but I don't okay. know that we could do it for the Galley Boy. <laughs> Good answer. Is LeBron a, a banana shake fan? I did not know he he's a banana. He's a, he's a banana shake with real ice cream all the way. That's, I believe that's typically the way he goes. And so, just so you know, like we have, we have desserts on the menu. We have like such an extensive menu, right? We've already talked about sloppy joe. I don't know if we talked about bologna, but we talked about grilled cheese, the salad boy, like all kinds of stuff. It's the shrimp dinner. We have like a very extensive menu. So we also offer a couple of desserts, like a brownie sundae. You can get just a hot fudge sundae. You can get like this thing that we call the chango, which is like a basically tortilla wrapped cheesecake that's deep fried. So we have like all kinds of stuff and we use real ice cream for those desserts but you know again kind of a not so secret but like you said like if it's on the menu you can kind of pretty much get it blended in you know with your meal in any way shape or form that you want to so you can go and order a milkshake with actual ice cream or ice cream blended into it and that's typically what he does. So he gets ice cream blended in with his milkshake and he gets the banana and it's always a large. (laughs) (laughs) Always a large. Very good. Always a large. Well the people in Columbus are living large now. Thanks to Swenson's joining us. Thanks so much for you joining us. We really appreciate it. It's been a great talk. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. These are always super fun and I I really appreciate your questions and your interest in Swenson's and we couldn't be more flattered to be part of your show. It's been a pleasure. We'll look forward to doing some homework. All right. Sounds good. All right. Take care. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.